This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to the Vedic Wisdom. Thank you for being with us today. I want to talk to you about vocations. Now, what I mean there is what you choose. I guess I'm speaking to the younger people, but then again, I think I'm speaking to most everyone because oftentimes there are situations where you are in a particular vocation and it's not really satisfying. And so you want to find something that will satisfy your heart and you'd like to change vocations. And in some instances, it's nearly impossible because you've been trained in this or that. The prerequisites to get into the next vocation are quite strict or intense. And you end up limited into the perspective you're already washed into. And so we have sympathy towards those at the college level who are going, okay, what do I want to take so that I come out the other end with something that I want to do, I'm good at, trained for, etc.? But actually, according to the Vedic literature, vocation is deeper rooted in us than that. According to the Bhagavad Gita, as it is, there are four different divisions of human society. Now, I don't mean our society. I mean all human societies. There are four divisions. And these four divisions are classified as the intellectual class, the administrative class, the mercantile or production class, and the laborer class. And that these tendencies and characteristics are inherent in an individual from birth. It doesn't mean that, oh, my family or my parent was one of this or that. No, it means you as an individual. We are all bound by our karmetic actions. What we do causes a reaction. We enjoy or suffer that reaction. A lifetime of action causes a second lifetime of reaction. And the cycle of birth and death is started and continues. And in that, there lies a reactionary influence upon you that you have an inclination. You're an intellectual. Sometimes they're called geeks now. I mean, terminology isn't the point. Or you're an administrator, an organizer, a get-things-done kind of guy, get-people-motivated kind of person. Or you're a mercantile. That's a producer, a farmer. So it's someone who is uh, organizing in retail, um, they're in trade and in, in, uh, commerce. And then there's the laborers. There's a variety in the laborers, too. Some of them serve the intellectuals, some of them serve the administrators, and some of them serve the mercantiles, and some of them are just plain do the work. Anything, get it done. So in the Vedic literature, these four classes are described as inherent in the uh, human societies all over the planet for all time. It's a subdivision or characteristic in the creation of the human species. So what we have now is, we have a society that is pushing everybody in certain directions. You're not really individually finding your way, your uh, fortitude, uh, what gives you fulfillment and a heartfelt uh, satisfaction for doing your particular type of work. And so because of that, it's difficult for everybody to fit into society without anxiety. And we have that so much now that you go to the university 20 years ago and they suggested you get into engineering or plastics or 
accounting. And now they're saying, oh, computer programming, website development. And the schools, the academic level, they're changing their influence upon the youth that they should be like this or they should be like that because they're thinking about the economy. They're thinking about how to fit this person into a role in the economy whereby they're productive. But they have no concern for, no attention toward what is good for that person. If that person is an intellectual and should be developing an intellectual job of training, etc., etc., he isn't going to be happy digging a ditch. He isn't going to be happy pumping gas. And what we have nowadays is many of the jobs are being taken over by corporates or machines, and the people are unemployed. And it's reduced the different types of vocation that the individuals can choose from. And what happens is it's not a broad enough spectrum of variety of vocations to be uh, available. And we end up with a percentage of the people locked into an unhappy vocation. Oh, I wish I could do this. or I wish I wasn't doing that. And this perspective sets an imbalance in the human society. And we have that now. We have it that where the television and the newspaper are making everybody think the same. Now, as I heard a pretty prominent individual talking a month ago about that concept that this sameness mentality uh, stymies, it stifles human development. Because it's the uniqueness, the individual perspective that's kind of outside the box that causes innovation. Everybody else is kind of recycling the same information between each other and between themselves, and they get stuck in a sameness concept of things. But the individual who's outside the box, he's going, why don't we do it like this? How about we change that? Or, you know, if you just fix this little aspect of it, that would change the influences downstream. So these kind of concepts are being, I guess you'd call it, trained or entrained out of us. And so we have the situation where People aren't coming up to school, university, to the workplace, to uh, politics or council or educational people. They're not coming up with an individual point of view that's unique. And so the young people go away and they don't have an individual point of view that's unique. They don't want you particularly to be an individual. They're not looking at that. So this is the situation we have. You aren't being encouraged to be a unique individual. And yet, that is the whole basis of the creation. The whole cosmic manifestation, everything in it, is unique. You can take any of the species and you see there's a different personality in each one of those species. I mean, uh, in this particular town, there's a heck of a lot of cows. And yet any farmer will tell you, oh, they're all different. They've all got their own personalities. Some of them you couldn't get near it no matter what, and some of them they come up and lick your hand. So the same thing is true in children. The same thing is true in all aspects, in all species, I should say, of, of manifestation of varieties of life. But we have an education system. We have a government system. We have a social system where they don't want you to step out of line. In fact, I didn't, I didn't stand in line. I don't think I ever stood in line in my life until I came to New Zealand. 
You guys are all trained up to get in line. Queue up, queue up, queue up, queue up everywhere all the time. Whether it's traffic or it's at a store or it's at the bank or it's checkout. Queue up, queue up, queue up. Waste your life. It, where I'm from, that's not tolerated. If you're queued up, somebody's mismanaged and is wasting the time frame, the lifespan, the opportunities, the freedoms of all the people in line with their negligence. And the people in line wouldn't tolerate it. They get back on get back on the manager. Why am I waiting in line? I do it in the bank all the time. They don't like me to come into the bank, I'll tell you. I'm not about to stand in line at a bank. You're, you're making millions off of my money, which isn't much, but you still multiply it a hundred times and make a heck of a lot of money and you can't afford to have enough people that I don't have to wait in line? This is ridiculous. And that's what we have. We have a society now that's not thinking about anything above themselves. When in actuality, this human form of life is a very short duration. And where are you going to go at the end of this human form of life? If you understand the karmic reaction situation and that you will be caused to take birth by your mentality and the mentality state you're in at the time of death, you should be paying, paying close attention to what are you doing with your time? How intelligently are you making decisions? How responsibly are you making decisions? And are you being a unique contributor to society or are you being another penguin? The society leaders want penguins because they're much easier to control. But it stifles the human experience. It stifles the development of humanity. We're not changing and keeping up. Just like in the uh, areas of physics and mathematics and uh, uh, all sorts of higher uh, levels of science, the secret governments and the military are 50, 60, 80 years ahead of humanity. They have equipment, tools, weapons, abilities, scientific capabilities that we don't even, we think it's like science fiction. Dream about it. Science fiction. And they already have it. Because to give it to us, we'd be harder to manage. We'd be more independent. But in actuality, we are all individual, independent, living entities right now. What is being done by the uh, social organization called government or global government, what is being done is they're trying to take out the individuality away from you so that you're easy to be controlled, but you're unhappy. Now they're working on that too. They're, they're trying to make it that they have control of your minds through the television set and through your cell phones and through the cell phone towers. And if you haven't done any research on that, I would suggest you do so quickly before you are unable to actually think and act independently because your cell phone has control of you. So you may not believe that's possible, but start doing some research and you'll find out it is far, far more than possible it's going on. So <clears throat> you have to understand that your ability to be who you are and find the vocation that fulfills your heart and make a contribution to society in your own unique way is your right. From God's point of view, that's what he expects from you. That's why he made you an individual. That's why he made you unique. That's why he's willing to render, uh, to exchange service and affection with you. You render service to the Lord, he reciprocates accordingly. You do something little, he does something little. You do something amazing, he does something amazing. 
you uh, sacrifice your selfishness for the selflessness of serving the Lord's plan, an amazing, wonderful, astonishing, fantastic, fulfilling things happen to you. And otherwise, you struggle for existence trying to find a job. No, no, no they're only paying so much. Mm. Like in America and in Britain, in particular, I know there's many other countries that are involved in this. Um, Forty-some percent of Americans don't have 40-hour week jobs anymore. That the big corporates, they're keeping everybody on part-time. Nobody gets a 40-hour week because they pay less for you as an employee. And so you don't have the security of a job. You don't have any extra money. You don't have any possibility of changing your life or growing or maturing or changing anything, changing your vocation. Because they've introduced a methodology that keeps you in a relatively unstable condition all the time. And you're much easier to manage. You don't get to exhibit or express your uniqueness or individuality. They point the finger at you. Who's this person saying, oh, I don't want to wait in line. Oh, no. Oh, no. Can't have that. We have that all around, all over. We have that. That the people have been conditioned into sameness. And if anybody stands up and says, hey, I don't want to do like you're doing. I want to be me. I want to, I've got another idea how this can be done. I've got another way of doing it. They're scorned at. And this is what we have. Uh, I was just talking with a gentleman a few minutes ago about the TPPA. And most people are still stupidly blind to the implications of the TPPA. Uh, I spoke at the Hamilton Gardens here uh, about that subject uh, a few months ago. How you don't realize how big of a plan it actually is. It's a part of a very, very, very big global plan to control the humans in an organized way. And keep you from having any options. And you have very little options now. From the banking position, from what they allow you to food... Um, I'm almost worldwide now. It's illegal to have a, uh, a private garden. They haven't enforced it in many countries like this one, but it has been voted in through different food safety acts that it's not legal for you to grow and share your own produce any longer, which is absurd. But they're trying to get control of the entire food chain and they're trying to get control of the global water supply and the global money supply. And the list goes on. Legal, especially, is another one. And they're phasing out any say that you can have in the government. You, have, you, can, you can make a proposal to the 10-year plan. And they'll consider it. But they won't get out. You can't get rid of them. You can't tell the people you're ignorant, you're stupid, you're running the country or the city or whatever it is into a hole. And you have no knowledge about the things that are... Uh, affecting our lives so why are you sitting in those chairs you have a blinders on you're not willing to think about alternative concepts and points of view and so what you're doing is you're bringing the whole society into this sameness and it's the sameness that you're in yourself so the vedic literature says this is the backwards approach this is godless approach how do, why do i say that well the Vedic literature says that the reason that the living entities exist, you and I, is that we were created such that the Lord could exchange a relationship with us. Now, it's voluntary. 
We've been, we have free will, and we aren't told, you must do this, you must love God, I am God, do this. No. You are offered the opportunity to render service to the Lord's plan for humanity. And if you engage in that service, the Lord reciprocates more and more. Shows himself, shows his presence, his guidance, his love, his everything relative to your willingness. And the more willing you are, the more beautiful the relationship becomes. It's just like you meeting anybody else. You see someone from afar, and then you find out their name, and then you bump into them, and you have a conversation, and you find you have like interests, and you spend more time together, and you realize they're really a nice person, and they think you're pretty good too, and you're very honest and open and friendly, and you exchange a lot of things, and experiences come back and forth, and interactions, and it becomes a really fine, friendly, friendly situation, a true friendship. Well, this is the situation with meeting the Lord. Our misconceptions from birth have us all wrapped up in a social standard, and we don't have the open mind. But, we, but if we approach the Lord, or if we are made aware of that by the spiritual master or a spiritual person that enters our life, we can enter into that threshold of interacting with the Lord under his plan. And that's what the whole thing is really about. It's moving your consciousness out of selfishness and the social... Uh, uh, perspectives that are being drummed into us from a, uh, a global government concept and moving into one of an individual serving the Supreme Lord with your unique capacity. Now take a look at it from the Lord's point of view. If there's all these living entities. Would you want them all to be identical? Well, he could do that, but why would he want that? There's no variety. Variety is the enjoyment. Variety is the uniqueness of life. Well, the Lord is just like you and I, a living entity, a, a person. And his relationship is to be multifaceted, far more multifaceted because of his un unlimited potencies. So we can see that the tendencies and characteristics we have are just reflections of those greater tendencies and characteristics the Lord has. We want to be loved, too. We want to interact with people on an affectionate exchange of service and affection and caring. And the same thing is true there. So all the living entities that we see in all the different species of life are intended to awaken to that consciousness that they're here for a unique contribution to the plan of the Lord to render service and exchange love. If we come to that understanding and we act on that platform, our life becomes perfect. We, don't, we put an end to the cycle of birth and death. But if we succumb to the leadership of demonic governments that have selfishness, selfishness, and exploitation in mind and nothing more, exploiting nature, exploiting the money, exploiting the people, exploiting the kids, exploiting all resources, everything. They're exploiting everything but giving nothing back. It can't be sustained. And similarly, satisfaction of the individual, satisfaction and compliance of the society, it can't be sustained. There's Thousands and thousands of stories and histories where they try to suppress the human spirit, and it can't be done. People are in prison and will sacrifice their lives to get out. People are in a hard situation, and they'll team up. Uh, more or less enemies will team up to fight for freedom. Because it's an inherent experience, an inherent quality in all of us. But the people at the top, they think that they can suppress those qualities in you to fuel greater qualities in themselves. 
And this illusion comes and goes and comes and goes throughout time and history. And we're seeing it right here, right now. And the people are unaware because there's no history taught. Because there's no human nature being taught. Because there's no love of God being taught. So the people in general are unaware of how they're being exploited. And they see that you only have a few years in your life where you can change your contribution, your vocation. The, all these vocations that are outside of the general categories we listed before, the intellectual, the administrative, the mercantile, and the laborer, anything that's on the fringe of those things, they fall off first. And we have a society that is almost all fringe. If it wasn't for our building going on, the uh, physical development, the buildings, uh, highways, etc., etc., where there's a lot of people employed there, the rest of the stuff is just frivolities. Shopping. A new coffee machine. Oh, I need a new vacuum. I want curtains. Ah, oh, I'm looking for a boat. All of these things that are really fulfillment of desires. They're no contribution to the human experience. They're no contribution to the upliftment of society. The upliftment of society is a consciousness change. And life is actually a consciousness experience. You have to be developing and advancing your conscious awareness. Your perspective has to grow. But we're forming our perspectives off of a television that millions and millions and millions of people are forming the same perspectives from. The talk around the water cooler is the same no matter whose water cooler in what company where you're at in what city or town or country because they're all watching the same television. And they think that interacting and talking about the television is acceptance. Well, I guess in a way it is. It's acceptance that you're an idiot. You're not thinking for yourself. You're following. Your mind has been lost to your unique contribution. And you're simply spewing the stuff they put in you. It's like a computer. You put crap in it, you get crap out. You put knowledge in it, you get knowledge out. They're putting crap. You look at the television. They treat you like you're a child. All of the things, all of the advertisements, they're all uh, unreal. All sorts of special effects. And everything that's happening is unreal. So you'll watch and say, what's going to happen next? Because they can do anything. What they're doing is they're controlling your mind, you idiot. There isn't any reality in it. They use great big colors and bright flashing lights and giant paper flowers and ridiculous things to keep your attention. Instead of educating you that this is called mind control, instead of educating you don't eat this, instead of educating you that these government liars and cheaters have to be stopped, instead that the bankers are criminally taking over all sorts of aspects of life, that's not being told. Because the bankers own all the media on the planet. So, of course, there won't be anything naughty in there about them. Or should I say honest in there about them. So we have a responsibility to ourselves to develop our consciousness to come to a platform where we're aware that the Lord wants our service and we have the capacity and he has the uh, inclination to include you in a unique way. There is room in the Lord's plan for everybody to make a contribution and become a servant of God and let that develop into love of God and let that be shared among all of us. There's no competition. There's gratitude, admiration. 
One is happy to see another person successful in the service of the Lord. And we can raise our consciousness, raise our standard of living and our standard of contribution to the platform where the anxiety goes away. There's nothing worse than being labeled, tied down into a job for 30 years that you don't like. But we have a society situation where that's happening to way too many people. And the younger people are going, oh, it happened to my old man. I don't want it to happen to me. And fair enough. But the school is not responding. The school is just looking at economics. They're not looking at individuals. The Lord is looking at individuals. He is an individual. You are an individual. There should be an individual relationship, an individual vocation. The real vocation is in loving service to the Lord, developing your ability to please Him and tasting the nectar of His satisfaction. That's the real vocation. Everybody's qualified. Everybody can do it. That's how we make the best contribution. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.